When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. And we went two and up, and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud, and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilali. Looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. It's brilliant, 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 brilliant! Here comes Quigley, and it's there! It's Sligarola 3, St. Patrick's Athletic 2. And that could be the decisive moment in the title race. We will never forget this day. Welcome along to episode number 117 of the Bitter Edge Supporters Trust podcast. Rona Flanagan here this week, joined by Jerry Connor. Jerry, how's things? Yeah, good, Ronan. Thanks a million. Sean Dona, how are you? All good, Ronan. Donald Kelly, what's the crack? All good, Ronan. And what's up, Magoo? All good, Ronan. I thought I completed the set scenes. Everybody else said all good, so. So this week, we'll look back on the season that was. We will hear from Sean from America once again and we'll also look maybe slightly into the future uh, we'll react to Monday night's announcement that John Russell has stayed in the job for 2024. Uh, so right lads we'll go back now to the Shams game on Friday uh, Donald start yourself, uh, 4-2 defeat last game of the season um, I suppose relief first of all that the season is over now yeah, well, relief running, and it was a game that kind of, I suppose, epitomised our season, the way everything went. Uh, very good first half, but well, very good 44 minutes, and then a stupid goal to concede, um, and then another two sloppy goals to concede, and sure it was game over at that stage. But uh, it showed a bit of character, I suppose, to come back um, and, and at least get the consolation goal and take the bad. Take the bad look off the the four two defeat. Um, there wasn't much really. It was a bit of a dead rubber of a game. But I have to say that the one thing positive, real positive that I would have taken out of the game was the performance of of Kieran Barlow. I thought he was absolutely magnificent on the night, and uh, it was like a coming of age performance from him. It, it was brilliant. He left everything on the pitch, and that's all you can ask for any fella. And you know, fair, fair play to him. So, um, but other than that, yeah, just but just glad to be back. But yeah. And Jerry, I suppose it was a weird old setting in uh, there in where it's called Tala. Jeez, I forgot the name of this. In Tala <laughs> on, on uh, Friday, I suppose a very a, a small enough crowd from a Rovers perspective, but uh, I suppose a weird a weird setup from the Stewarts there. Kind of, I suppose there was no real. Uh, it was really just a, a mixed uh, a mixed crowd. Yeah, it was an unusual kind of situation. Um... I don't know, like the stewarding seemed to be a bit all over the place. Uh, they didn't really know what they were doing, and everybody was kind of sitting all over the place. But I suppose it was, I thought it was a pretty decent uh, crowd from Slidewater and parents. It's just that there were so many of them, I guess. So I thought it was, uh, I think there was an attendance of 8,021, probably about 150 there from Sligo Stroke Dublin uh, and all around the country. So, do you know, like, Myself, well, you were at it, um, and then myself and Donald headed up as well. And look, we knew what we were getting ourselves into. We knew there was going to be 8,000 of them and only a few of us. And we knew realistically that they were probably going to win the game. But we've kind of gone to most of the away season's games. This, or we've gone to most of the away games this season. So we said we might as well finish it off. 
and uh, see what happens. Look, it wasn't it wasn't pretty. Uh, as Donald said, there we started off quite well, forty four minutes in, and it was probably uh, a miniature uh, version of the season in that. You know, straight away we gave away a shit goal. Forty five minutes, ball getting away easy in the centre circle. They capitalised, and then I just, I just said to a few of the lads around me at half time, he says, "I guarantee they won't come out the second half." And that was what it was like. It was like they had lead in their boots um, from the off, and then give away a daft, soft free kick, and that was really, that was really it. Then wasn't it? You know, so uh, yeah, it was a strange. Strange kind of uh, strange situation, but it, it rounded off a strange season and uh, a disappointing season. And Magoo, all the talk beforehand about guard of honours or to not guard of honour, and there was one. Yeah, um, it was a fucking disgrace to be honest with you, and it kind of set the tone for the whole. Like I, if we just, I, I, are we going to get into it? Or are we just taking the game, like so. Um, I you 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 go where you want to go. Well, like first of all, I turned I turned it off anyway after the Garden Runners, and I now watch this, and like I kind of cheated because I recorded it and watched it back. But anyway, um, we like this whole crack up. We played well first half. I heard someone say this to me uh, before, the other day, and if we can play like we played well when they were having a party, lads. Like for fuck's sake, like we might as well play all our games next year in five star fun, and we'd be fucking great. Do you know what I mean? The minute they stepped it up, they, they still could have scored four goals in the first half. So I agree with Jerry. It was a, it was like a mirror of our season, a little microplasm of our season in that it looked good until it was put up to us. And then we looked completely shit. And they just tore through us whenever they want. And it could have been, like at the end of the first half, they could have had four. By the end of the game, they probably could have had six, seven, eight. I don't know. Like... As Jerry said, the second half, we didn't even want it off. Only for Shams. Didn't want it on either. Was I'd say we kept the score down to four. And that's all I'd say in the game. As you said earlier, thank God it's over. And the torture can end for this season. That's tonight's podcast. Um... <laughs> over and out. <laughs> over and out. <laughs> can't, can't, can't argue with any of that. At the same time, you know, it, it is what it is. It's brutal. But it's probably fair. And Sean, can I, I suppose, raise a point with yourself regarding the, the them taking off Ronan Finn and Adam Manis and the the whole world just coming to a halt for that whatever ninety seconds, however long it took them to come off. That was a, uh, yeah. You're only getting yourselves upset over nothing. Else. That has nothing to do with Sligo Rovers. That's all Shamrock Rovers. That's come here. If we were in this Rovers reverse, we'd be doing the exact same thing. If we were saying goodbye to the legends of Earth as well so Ronan Finn was injured so he was he physically couldn't play they strapped him up to get him on the pitch so that they could give him a, a round of applause to walk off it was a bit pathetic it was sad but that's them leave them off on that same with Manus they're just getting getting an applause to go off there's nothing to do with us couldn't give two flying fucks about them whatever they've done that's up to themselves so I couldn't it's just I'm not bothered by the whole or what they do bothered by what we do now it's time for your shouts from the shed end. We ask you to send them in after the final men's game of the season away to Shams on Friday night on a WhatsApp voice note 2085-815-9767 and we can hear those now. 
This is Sean from America. Well, that was a, I guess a fitting way to end our season because that's pretty much what our season's been. Pretty shit. Um, I mean, we were good for, what, maybe 40 minutes in the first half. And then they got their goal just before halftime and that was it. I mean, we were done. I don't know what was said at halftime or if the players just didn't give a crap but, I mean, the second half was awful. And I don't know. I couldn't understand what the manager was thinking by the subs he made. We brought off the bench. It, it didn't make any sense to me at all. I mean, the players he put in, he hasn't played for, you know, like a month. And you're gonna throw them in at the at the you know for the last game? I mean, come on, really? There's you know, I, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. the the whole The whole thing. I mean, what are you gonna say? Um, the only ones I think that really stood out and you know, Bolger was was pretty awful. I mean, it, it doesn't look to me like he wanted to be there at all. He's fed up. I don't know. Maybe he won't come back. Maybe he's going to retire. I don't know. But Niall, I thought was was decent, and uh, he's been you know putting a shift in all year. Uh, he would, you know, Hartman and uh, Barlow. Those were probably the two standouts for me. Um, but it was just a, just a crap way to end the season. So, I don't know. For me, player of the season for the men, I'd say um, all year it was kind of close for me, Niall and uh, Bolger. But I think Niall edges it. He's been... He's been very good no matter where we played him. Played him all over the pitch. And uh, he's been very good. Uh, Bolger started off real well and kind of tailed off at the end. I think that was more to do with the attitude of the players around him and him being fed up with the whole thing. I don't know. But that's just the way it looked to me. But I thought he had a very good season. Like I said, it was pretty close. But for me, I think Niall edges it. Uh, high point of the season, I don't know, maybe when we beat Pats just before the international break, I think we were on a high then, and everything just went downhill after that, and it's never recovered, so, I don't know, it, it, if, if there was anything else, I'd say the, the annual draw, that was uh, exceptional this year. You know, especially with uh, the way the season's gone. Uh, low point, I don't know, pick up, pick any any game between Pats and the end of the season. Uh, I mean, there's so many. Um, best signing for me, um, it's got to be Reese. I thought he was very good. He was he was in the mix for player of the player of the season, but I thought Niall. I think that that his when he was out injured for a little while 
that kind of push Nile ahead. But Reese, I thought, was excellent. He was our best signing for real. And uh, young player, I mean, the best young player has got to be, I mean, it's got to be Barlow. I mean, there really wasn't any, any other young player, was there? I mean, we didn't look to go to the talent pool we got coming through. Um, I can't really, you know, say too much about the, the young goalkeeper. He didn't get, you know, what, five, you know, a handful of games. He's still got to learn, uh, you know, he's still got a lot of, a lot of catching up to do. Uh, worst signing for sure is, well, I mean, take your pick. I mean, it's probably Bogdan, you know, just from the way that, that whole thing turned out, but you know, there's several in there. You know, Stefan, when he wanted to play, he was okay. But just the whole the the way his whole season went, you know, so he's got to be up there as well. And I think just the way Lucas, uh, he just didn't look like he was up up to the pace of this. So I don't know. Take your pick. Um, I don't know. women's team. I don't. I. I. I don't know. There's. There's a number of them, but I think from where they, how they started their season, all the way up until that that long break they had. When they came back from that break, they've been on fire, absolutely exceptional. And uh, I mean, you got to give it. I, I'd say give it to all of them for real. I mean, they were. They have been very good since the. You know, since they come back, they got to a semifinal, and uh, you know, it didn't. Maybe the season didn't go up the way they wanted to, but they got a young team, and they turned it around towards the end of the season. They started picking up wins. I mean, they've been very, very good. So we'll see how it goes next season for them. Uh, I think on the whole, the board and the team have got a lot of work to do. You know. The off season's gonna be crazy because who knows what kind of who we're gonna sign or who's gonna stay. You know what they're gonna do with the management. What the management, if they stick around, is going to do with tactics and playing style and everything else. I mean, because there's a lot, a lot of work to do. Also, you know, the academy players who. You know, are they going to want to stick around if there's, you know, they're really not getting a chance? I, yeah, I know, you know, Elding, he's, he's, he's really young. I get it. But there was a lot of, a lot of chances for us to play him more this season. Also, what well, we have, Killian Heaney at the beginning of the year when we needed a winger, we got rid of him. We let him go. I mean, maybe he wasn't the greatest, but I mean, Honestly, he couldn't have been any worse than what we had. And I think we need to look at the roster. You know, Will Fitzgerald and Carl O'Sullivan, you know, they'll put in a shift all the time, always. Work, work, work. But we need more from our wing. You know, we're not scoring anywhere near where we should be. And that's hindering us. It always has. You know, other than the last, what? year and a half where we had Kina who was scoring crazy and then back starting off this year starting off other than that the last few years we've not been scoring 
regularly. So they need to look at that as well. Just uh, it's going to be a crazy off season. So we'll see how it goes. And uh, I hate to say it, but I'm kind of glad this season's done because it's been tough to watch every week. But back the team. Always up the rovers. How's things, lads? James here in Gurching, sending my final shout from the Jet End for this season. Thankfully, we made it. We're safe. We're still a Premier Division club, which in itself is a shocking statement to even have to think about as a Slugger Rover supporter. But anyhow, that's the season that we had. Um, I don't think the season has been anything else but a disaster. Nothing has gone right, really. Um, one of the only positives was the money that was raised in the annual draw. Uh, look, um, I didn't even see the game on Friday, to be honest. Couldn't watch it. I've just become so incredibly disillusioned with with the team and with the the management. Um, and it's not often that I would miss a Slag Rovers game. Um, at least watching it anyway. Um, yeah, it's tough, really and truly. Uh, I was there in 2012 when we lifted the league trophy and the Shamrock Rovers fans caused merry fuck around the stadium you know um, we were refused a guard of honour which in itself I think a guard of honour is a completely ridiculous idea in the first place but we were refused one and 75% or 80% of fans in your poll or in a few polls I've seen have wanted no guard of honour and basically the team management has turned around to the supporters the people who own this club the people who pay their wages and have given them the middle finger now i can completely understand how people would think it's petty for us to not give a guard of honor and i it is absolutely completely petty but when you think back long before my time when all the milltown protests were happening and our Slag rovers supporters stood in solidarity with shamrock rovers fans and for them to turn around and show just such a total lack of respect for us in 2012. I think it was an absolute disgraceful decision to give them a guard of honour um, on Friday night. And I'm absolutely sickened. This season was bad enough. Really horrible season. The worst season in my memory. Um, and it's just left such a sour taste in my mouth. I can't can't say that strongly enough um, I've been a John Russell supporter all season long uh, I loved him as a player I thought he always gave his all for the club you can see he's a passionate man but to blatantly go against the people who pay your wages the supporters who have tried to stand by him all season long when Everyone was against him. And for him to do that and, and his players, it's just, it doesn't even bear thinking about. And I, to be honest with you, I think it was Jerry said on the on the pod last week that he could see us giving one. And I could too. I could see it happening before it ever happened. Um, but I didn't want to believe it was true. I didn't want to think that we would actually give them one. Um, you know, and even you see the videos and whatever of the Guard of Honour. It's the players that you would have known that would not have wanted to be in that Guard of Honour who did not 
look like they wanted to be there in the slightest. Niall Morgan standing there with his hands behind his back. You know, my player of the year. Um, David Cawley as well, the club captain. That's two lads from very close to Sligo who understand what the club is about. And they did not want to be in that guard of honour. The same with, uh, I think, John Mahan and Caelan Barlow. These four lads know what it means to play for Sligo Rovers. And, you know, then you see the rest of the shower that have let us down time and time again, consistently in this season. Some of the players were on huge wages, you know, and for them to be, look, could have been anywhere. They didn't give a continental. They were delighted to be on the television. And that was that. I'm sickened, to be honest with you, lads. Um, really, really, really disappointed in the club itself and the decision that was made on Friday night. Um, the football has been dire this season. We've tried to play this brand of football that, realistically, is not for, first of all, not for the League of Ireland and certainly not for the calibre of player that we have at the club at the moment. Um, yeah, I just... I've I've stopped sending in voice notes even to um because it came to the point where every voice note I was sending sounded like the one I sent before. Week in, week out was the same shite, you know? And this is this is gonna be a long voice note now, but I'm just I'm really, really sickened with the club. I'm really, really disappointed. Um and there is a lot, a lot of work to be done the off season and it starts now this week decision has to be made and even bigger than that it has to be communicated to the supporters we're left in the dark all the time all the time all you hear is hearsay from around the town i heard this and i heard that we never get any clear communication from the club this week the decision has to be made whether john russell will be there next season or not and we have to be told and we need to get the vast, vast majority. I know a lot of them are out of contract anyway. So some players there are still in contract that should not be let near the club. <sighs> but yeah, look, I just needed a rant. This has gone on for ages, but I, I just needed to blow off a bit of steam. Um, there's a lot of work to be done, lads. Uh, and we'll see. <laughs> That's all I can say. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, thanks for a great podcast all season, lads, as always. Um, one of the only highlights around the club this season and of course can't forget the women haven't done so well to get to the um, the semi-finals of the cup as well so on that front very positive um, men's side couldn't be more negative uh, but anyways as always lads up the rovers and uh, players will come and go managers will come and go but the supporters will put their hands into their pocket week in week out we'll always stay around Cheers. This is Frank from um, Nottingham. Um, just watched, it's the first time I've, I've done this. Um, just watched the Shams game and it sums up the, the season, really. Uh, it's I guess it's been for you guys season two, forget. And it's a bit dark times, but um, for me, it's quite a momentous thing because, you know, I've had my career break and I came over exploring an island and I found Sligo and the showgrounds and just a wonderful club and uh, although it's been really not the best of uh, of seasons it's been wonderful for me because um, I really feel part and, part and parcel of being a bit of red now it's a very special town a very special place 
a very special club and some very special people who maybe feel welcome whenever I've been over there. So um, it's going to be a bit of a struggle next year, I guess, but uh, have a break, rebuild and go at it next year. Who needs all the money when you've got that sort of like uh, commitment that you have uh, at the Rovers? Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll be over again next year. Dust ourselves off, start again next season. I'll be over to the showgrounds, stopping in a beautiful town, doing some more exploring. Although I'm working now, so I'll try and get over when I can. Um, and no doubt do a trip to Dublin or maybe it's over to come over to when we play Galway. But um, just uh, want to say that I'm proud to be part of the bit of red now. Hope you don't mind this old Englishman um, uh, coming along and, uh, and starting to support your great club. Anyhow, enjoy the break. Have a good Christmas, everybody. And uh, on to next year, on to next season. Hope the bit of red. Right, lads, we'll look back now on the season that was. Um, I suppose we, we went in really with great expectation and and great hope and I listened back to the predictions at the start of the year earlier on and we were all saying kind of oh Jesus <laughs> yeah Magoo says it all there third fourth <laughs> cup final you know looking back on that you're kind of laughing to yourself but uh, we're laughing what did we say, what? can you remember what we said Ron? who said what oh we all said around fourth 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 or fifth some even might have said third and uh, did Donner not say we were winning the league? No, <laughs> not this year, anyway. Ah, oh, damn it! I never say we win the league. I not never say we win the league. But uh, yeah, we all said we'd get. Well, we'd we'd love a cup run. We said as well. That didn't materialize, obviously. But um, I suppose highlights of the season, lads. Um, Sean, if you can think of, I suppose any on the spot, really, or you know. Um, highlight of the season, Ooh, not made to pick from. I would say beating Pats at home 2 1 with 10 men. Thought we were absolutely superb that night. Um, also, my goal of the season comes from that night as well. First, uh, Reese Hutchison, the, mo- the style of football, everything involved in that goal was absolutely fantastic. So, all in all, that wraps up my highlight of the season in terms of the game and my goal. So, I genuinely thought. That was the blueprint I thought we were going to work off all year. That's that's when I got really excited about this team, but <laughs> it only took a couple of weeks to slap me in the face. And Donald Denton stand out to you? I suppose one moment in particular for the season, or um, well, I actually uh, uh, well, just three just brief things. I was going to say Benny the Bullwin in the mascot race was was <laughs> the highlight of the season for me. It was probably about as good as it got. <laughs> but I thought um, Lucas Browning scoring that injury time equaliser, uh, and it was the first it was the first one game in the season against Shams. Donald, yes, do you think there's more football in Browning? I do, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's more football uh, in Benny the Bull. Well, either are maybe maybe Browning was Benny the Bull. Just just as just as a side before we move on, there I'd kind of be in Donald's camp on that one too. Yeah, thanks, Bigu. Uh, and the ball being the highlight of the season. <laughs> the, the late goal against the late goal against Dundalk and the, the Stefan's goal against Dundalk. I think uh, uh, we won the game two one. It was very well park, so that was another highlight of the season for me. Um, 
there were there were few and fair between, but you know, look at that's life, I suppose. That's what football is all about. That, seasons like that's this. Nice, actually, when we bet um, the dog two one away with the the late goal from Radislavich, we we had a quiz nice in the Belfry that was, and uh, Jesus, the place was fucking hopping. It was the best quiz ever. So yeah, that was a, that's a good memory. Another moment that stands out for me, and it's probably a little bit unusual in that it's only half a game rather than a full game. But I remember being up in Talca Park the first time we played them and we were winning one nil at half time. We probably should have been up maybe at least three goals. I remember again Radislavish but pretty easy one wide and Will uh, I was gonna call him Will Smith there for a second, but Will Fitzgerald hit the bar probably when he should have scored. Um and I remember at half time there were a great crowd from Rovers. Um and I remember going in the, the players going off at half time and thinking Holy shit, we're on to something here. This is really, really clicking. And lo and behold, uh, second half, um, we score an own goal and then we give away another awful bad goal. And we just never come out of half time. And I think, I don't know if Sean mentioned it on air or mentioned it just before we came on air. It was kind of like, it kind of summed up the team too. Like when, and I said it myself, I think last week, um, when things were going well, we were a great team. But once anything went against us, the heads completely went. You know, and I suppose that's the difference between, you know, decent players and good players or very good players in that you have to have that mental resilience in your locker to overcome these these things. And it just seemed any time anything went against us, you know, we our heads went down and you know, one thing led to another thing and then it just kind of snowballed throughout the season. And, you know, I know we had a lot of bad luck with injuries and things like that, but, and I would have said it as well, Jesus, I'm fucking repeating myself a lot, but, like, you know, when you do make your own luck as well, and you do have you do have to have that mental strength to, to overcome even these little small things that remind me big things. So, yeah, I think that's the one game that really was just kind of, a roller coaster from one emotion within 45 minutes to absolutely, oh my God. And it was just never recovered after that for some reason. Like. I, I, I do think, Jerry, at the start of the season, though, we did show a character. And I, I actually remember thinking at the start of the season that this team really did show quite a bit of character. They did come from behind and more than, I think, I can recall three or four games where they came from behind or scored, scored a goal. And uh, like that. Game, I sure the two of us were at that game. It was it did feel like a turning point, but for for whatever reason, maybe it's that it was all the injuries that that kind of came and talked to us at the one time, especially defensively. That that's really just we found it hard to come back from, and then maybe that did get into players uh, players uh, psychology or psyche or whatever. But yeah. at the start of the season, um, we did show resilience. I thought we did. To be fair, I thought we did show a bit of mental fortitude. Uh, we did come back a few times, but. Oh, unfortunately, over the, the course of the season, it's hard to not sprint. I, I think, I think as well, going though, there that, and you know, yeah, in fairness, look, you are right, and um, we did come back, you know, a few times. Um, but I haven't said that you can't keep going behind, looking, expecting to come back. But I suppose the, the greater point I was going to make about that is that, you know, there was that kind of look, the, the, the John Russell took a gamble, and the club took a gamble in signing as many foreign players as they probably did. Um, and I suppose that's 
kind of leads from the point of one and the same. When things were going well, everything was grand. But I suppose it was a bit of an eye opener to a lot of the lads that were new to the league and that, you know, it is tough going. It is kind of sometimes a war of attrition and, you know, and factor into that as well, mental attrition. And I just don't think that they had the, 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 the makeup or the psychological uh, strength to, to deal with our league. And I think we got found out. Once the honeymoon period was over, we kind of got found out um, and, and teams knew how to deal with us and how to play against us and, and so on and so forth. So, look, and I, like we would have been saying at the end of last season as well, you know, in and around the same time that as a club, we probably do need to take some, take a gamble and take some risks because like if inflation within the league is, is huge. Um, you know, wages have gone spiralled. And that's another point as well. Uh, I was listening to Ocean FM last night, they, their podcast, and Gavin Bias was saying, like, oh, well, it's the biggest budget we ever had. And da, 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 da. Yeah, it was the biggest budget, budget we ever had. But if you put it into context, it was probably the seventh biggest budget within the League of Ten. We finished the eighth with, a, with the seventh highest budget. Um, so, yeah, look, if, if inflation is kind of caught up with us and passed it out. Um, and we probably needed to take the gamble with the seventh probably biggest budget in the league to try and come, say, in and around fourth or third. And it completely did not work. But we were calling on a lot, of, you know, to try something different, try something new. Um, and it just didn't work. And things kind of got, we, we got found out. Then we had an awful lot of bad luck with injuries. Yeah, you're right, the one as well, you know, psychologically. Everything just kind of, kind of imploded in upon a top in on top of us, and we just couldn't really recover. Um, and I suppose coming the end of the season it was just a case of trying to get over the line and just get the season over and done. So, look, I think as a club, and I'm sure John Russell, and I know he said it several times himself, and I'm not, I'm not defending. Like I would have been one of the big ones called. Let's we need to do something different. We need to do something different to to try and punch above our weight. It completely was a fucking disaster. But I'm sure everybody will have learned from that and maybe get back to basics next year. But a young, hungry team, you know, would be maybe a different proposition. And it probably suits us as a club as well in that, you know, we're kind of like the uh, eternal underdog. And it kind of suits us better when we are that way, when we're fighting to kind of young, hungry team, fighting to do as well as we possibly can. So, yeah, look, I suppose let's near, nearly draw a line under this season and, and see where it takes us next year. Magoo, Jerry mentioned the quiz there on, I think that was, that was actually Good Friday night, and kind of reading through some of the, we kind of sent out a, I suppose, a tweet to people, the listener really, you could say, um, regarding their own personal highlights and their different things for the season. And like a few people said, Dan, you will draw. I know I'm sure the, a record amount this year as well. So I suppose, you know, for all the stuff that was going on off, on the pitch, um, to kind of, I suppose, success stories really like the annual draw, like the quiz, like the coffee shop the lads have been running all season are, are testament as well to what's going on. Yeah, but that's, like, that's no surprise at this stage. That's just the way the club is. It's, it's, it's the same every year. The annual draw breaks its own record every year. And then, like, as you see, the volunteers raising money, the lads there doing the coffee shops and the tea shops and everything like that's that's but that's what keeps the club going. And that's I suppose that's why there was so much 
probably disillusionment and frustration and everything between the fan base with with like as Johnny said it you know it might have been the seventh biggest budget in the league but it's it's still our biggest budget ever and people are looking going, oh well sure I'm to come looking for money off us and come and then it's just they see it as it's been wasted and pissed down the drain and whether we think that's right or wrong that's the way people think so it's it's frustrating like in that way because you'd hope that it won't affect the same things next year that you're on about like the annual draw and the sponsorships and stuff like that going forward we just hope that as usual the club pulls together and you know we we put the season as Jerry just said put the season behind us and go again because that's what we can do there's nothing else you can do like you can't like it was a shit show the season was a shit show we all know that but now it's over like so we there's literally no more you can do only fucking put the feet up for a couple of months and we just go again and like whoever's in charge whether we agree with it or don't agree with it or whoever's playing we can't change it like and and you know not not turning up to support the team or not giving money to the annual draw or not fucking helping out in the coffee shop like he used to do or whatever he did not doing any of that it, not only will it not change it it'll make it worse so uh, on that point of view Ronan as you, the only, with the annual draw and everything I hope I hope again it breaks records next year and but like we probably have to you know in the bigger picture as Jerry was saying with the, the our biggest budget ever was still only seven biggest budget in the league and that's with the the back breaking volunteer work that goes on the hours and hours and hours like that annual draw the lads selling the tickets are out of months selling tickets like there has to be some other way around where we can, but that's look, that's a different conversation. But anyway, for for the bigger picture, we need to realize that for us to grow as a club and a team, that we need it coming from somewhere else. We need more investments and different investments, bigger investment, because that's the only way we're going to realistically, like we can maybe have a season where we use our budget well and cleverly, and we sign fucking lads from uh, Estonia and. Fair Islands and everything and they all work out and we punch above our weight for a season but it's not going to be sustained it never will be sustained until we find a different route and a different something outside the box for us to be able to bring in sustained continual funds for us to compete but anyway that's a different topic but anyway but anyway my moment of the season would have been uh, kind of like uh, a different moment than the than the boys but I still I say the same kind of thing that I felt after this, uh, that yeah we we have something here that we we could do something this season and it was the weekend where we were away to Shan. Remember remember Donald Donald probably remember this. He loved he loved talking about the bank holiday weekend away. Uh, away mm. to Shams and away to Pats mm. and we played Shams off the park, and we did when we lost one nil was this, and two one. You're thinking what was it? Two one. No one, yeah, Bolger scored, didn't he? Yeah. And uh, it was devastating. And then, and then we went up. <laughs> <laughs> and then we and then we were done the pass for for three days, four days later, and bet them up there, like, and you're thinking, yeah, we have we have something here with this team. We could really do something this season. And you know, then to see where it went up, like it was only geez, it was only I think a couple of weeks later, it just all fucking the arse just completely fell out of it. Exactly. So but that would have been my moment. That would have been my where I really thought like Sean's moment with where we come past it. That was my I was like, yeah, this is we have a proper team here. 
I just, Ron, I just thought of one other highlight. Um, just when we're talking about coffee shops and things like that, our fan uh, appreciation night that we had uh, at during the Cork City game, and we bet them three 0 and we had the match on live in the tent in our in our marquee, and it was just delayed by maybe thirty seconds or a minute or something like that. So the goal was scored out in the pitch, and we could hear everyone roar. And then, so everyone kind of, we all had a few pints or whatever. We all gathered around the television and just waited for the goal to score. And the whole fucking tent went bananas. It was it was good crack. You know? I, I really, I really enjoyed that night. It was, it was good crack. There was a few German, there was a few German people in with us as well. They were touring around Ireland, and uh, I remember they were there as well, and they were having great crack. They were drinking pints yeah. as well, and they were celebrating. They thought it was hilarious. Like. Good night. I done I done the wrong thing after the first goal. We scored and I ran out as if I was going to see the replay out the pitch instead of going back in. You ran the wrong way. I said, yeah, instead of going into the tent to wait for it to be scored so you could see what it was like. People running around like lunatics. Yeah. But um, just to go back to a point you made, Magoo, there, just about, I suppose, people saying that they're not going to buy season tickets and all that. And like I would advise people, like I said, you know, if it, if it, if it pisses you off that much, don't, don't support Rovers. Um, and I got a little bit, I got a, a few people had to go up me on Facebook, but I'm just saying that, you know, whatever makes you happy, do what makes you happy. Um, but I was talking to Sue Brennan today, so um, she was saying there that she was selling the lotto tickets in the arcade on Thursday, and she said she had nearly had two queues. She had one queue for people to buy the lotto tickets, and she had another queue of people to say that they weren't going to renew their season tickets. You know, like... <sighs> The only people you're hurting is your own club or the people that like Sue Brennan. She was saying, well, I'm buying my season ticket. I'm here selling a lot of tickets. I'm buying my season ticket. Whatever you want to do, you do yourself. But like, you don't need to queue up and tell me. The only people you're going to hurt is is them. Look, at the end of the day, we're not fucking Man United. Get tired of fucking saying it. Yeah, like the club is run by volunteers and they do fuck up every now and again. But I'm sure if someone wants to go in and do if they can do a better job, I'd say the lads absolutely fucking thrilled to hand over the reins. But there's no queue. So, if you don't want to buy your season ticket, don't buy your fucking season ticket. If you don't want to buy your lot of ticket, don't buy your lot of tickets. If you want to crib and cry on Facebook, I'm sure I'm sure Facebook employees are absolutely thrilled this evening because they're getting overtime. Because there's a, a hundred, a thousand and one people on ranting and raving about John Russell getting his luck. You know, I, like, yeah, I'm frustrated as fuck. Honestly, you can tell that I'm frustrated as fuck, to be honest with you. That's not the way I wanted the season to go. Or anybody. At the end of the day, you draw a line under the season. If you want to support the club next season, support them. If you don't, don't bother. Do whatever suits you. Whatever makes you happy. But I'm going to keep supporting my club. Supporting them 40 fucking years. I'm not going to stop now because I don't agree or I, agree, I disagree or agree with who the manager is. Yep. So, you know, it is what it is. There's no queue. There's no queue. And uh, it's the sign of the season, lads. Uh, main consensus from social media. Uh, I think, well, one man got all the, all the votes, really. Um, Reese Hutchinson, Sean, from one left back to another. He had some season. Ooh, what a link, Ronan. Oh, I'll tell you man. what. Ah, oh, back the years they're running, Jesus. <laughs> okay, that, was smooth. Um, that was smooth, Ronan. That was smooth. Yeah, to be fair though, you would have to give Reese sign the season. But even at that, I think Reese took his eye off the ball as well towards the end of the season. I don't think he was 
he was that great. Um, few few decent performances, but overall, you would have to give it to him. It's, but let's be honest, you know what I mean. It's not the hardest achievement, is it, this year to be signed in the season? Um, no, look, there was no very very long ago. Um, but look, no, Reese is a very very talented footballer and an excellent left full, and he'll only get better, obviously. So look, thankfully we have him again next year. And he seems to enjoy being here. He enjoys his football here. So, look, it's a, that's one big positive out of the season and going forward as well. It's something to grasp onto, I suppose. So, yeah, yeah, he would. I don't think many would go against him being... The signing, the signing of the season, the, uh, kind of maybe a bit of a left-field choice for myself, or certainly won't be a popular one. But I think uh, Stefan Radosovic... Uh... you fucking looper, you. Hold on a minute. And I <laughs> Was the rationale why, right? <laughs> They're quite, well, the, most the most important goal the Sligo Rovers scored this season was that goal uh, at home to Derry, the match where we won 1 0. There you go. Yes. A, you could also say one of the most important parts of the season is we refused to warm up to come on in a game. Well, apparently, that our, was. Our, our, when, the other night when he's sitting on the bench and he's still wearing a chain like a gobshite. Well, apparently, apparently that that wasn't true. That uh, or was inaccurate. The reporter that anyway. I just think like he he, chi- he he chipped in with a couple of goals. Uh, there was two of them quite important in the. Well, scene. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you've gone very Mark Goldbridge on this now, and you're looking for links online. So yeah, oh, you're looking I'm for not, I'm not saying. On. I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying Sean that he was the same the season, but I'm just saying like. When we're talking about John and signings he's made, and you know the mistakes that he's made, like clearly there's football in in Stefan. We didn't see enough of this season, but like potentially with the couple of glimpses that he did show us, potentially he could have been the same this season. Fortunately, he wasn't. But he did score. But, two but that's goals. but that's why but that's why he's not the same this season. Yeah, well, I, I didn't. I just saying because he had he had all that, and and if yeah, he had yeah. if he had played to his potential. Then that goal against Derry wouldn't have been as important as it was because we wouldn't have needed it that much. I think he let us. He's one of the ones, Donald, in my opinion, that let us down like a ton of bricks. Why oh, not? Look at Sean. I, be, I, because I, no, Donald. Look, I look very not having a go at you like or anything like that. Um, what I'm saying in regards to Stefan is there is so much ability there, and it's you have to be blind not to be able to see it. That lad, I must be blind. Ability. Because <laughs> uh, uh, he does. Like, at the end of the day, I think he's our second top goal scorer, which is he a scary is. fact. In he, it, so. he, he does. He, I think he's. I think he's five. Is he five goals? Is he? Yeah, he got a five or six goals. Yeah. Well, well, I, I think OG. Like, I think OG is our top second top scorer. I, that, oh, that's, oh, just, oh, no way. No, he's not. Oh, he's bluffing, is he? Uh, yeah. Og is the second top scorer. That's one of the most frustrating yeah. parts of, of the season for me is the likes of Stefan that they never showed up. As much as they should have, he showed great glimpses. He scored some brilliant goals, like that goal away in Dundalk. Like yeah. that's a cracking goal. So it is the goal is at home to Bowes. What a strike! Um, gets another one at Cork, Derry. There's a few. There's some, it. The, it. Yeah, the goals he scored, he scored some really good goals. But like, but this, this, I suppose, it's, these are the fine. It's, the reason I, I kind of threw, threw his name out there was because now everyone's crying about the signings that Russell made, right? And the reason I kind of mentioned Stefan is because. It's that fine line between a fella being absolutely fucking brilliant and between the whole fan base nearly hating the guy. Do you know, it's, it's like, clearly the talent was there. Clearly the football is in the fella. 
but it just didn't work out. So, Joe, you know, I, I just think people, I suppose, the reason I, I mentioned his name really is because people are beating up Russell uh, over the signs that he's made. But, like Magoo said, I think earlier on, like, if those signings worked out, they didn't. But if they did, it could have been an unbelievable season. It is. I know, in fairness, in fairness, I do think they have the ability. And obviously, Bogner has the ability as well. But that's what I was saying earlier on. They didn't have the mental toughness or the strength for the yeah. league. You know, it's grand when everything's going well. But these fellas, you know, when it came to graft, and sometimes you, even the most talented player has to do that, they weren't really prepared to do that. So they weren't suited. The a lot is made as well of the signings and look rightfully so because the lads haven't worked out but Bogdan highlights everything an awful lot more because of what happened there and the fact that he was released from his contract and the fact that it, it rolled on for so long you know was he going wasn't he going there was rumours every other day what was happening and then there was stupid rumours floating about about how much he got paid off and that's, yeah, that's... That, ju- that just kept putting this mad viewpoint on all oh, Russell's recruitment is absolutely horrific like look he got player he did get a few wrong like but some of them were okay as well like Branifak I thought was a good player you know I thought Johan was a good footballer in fairness like he brought John Mahan back like you know what I mean there's no one giving out about John Mahan Hutchison so it's not, he signed Hutchison it's actually yeah like people have to realise there's players there at the t- that are there in the team already that let him down as well like at the end of the day, the goalkeepers let him down as well, like a ton of bricks. Like the amount of mistakes that came on early in the season from Luke's from Luke McNicholas is frightening. You know, Connor Walsh came into the side as well, and I know he's only a young goalkeeper as well, learning this trade, but he came in and he made some big mistakes. At crucial times. Yeah. Like these are big moments in the season, and you know, people aren't saying much about that. Like, you know, without trying to sound like a fucking pure propaganda for John Russell, like he has had things go against him as well this season, but he's also got things wrong. He's got some stuff badly wrong. But people aren't factoring in the stuff that went against him, really. They're just all in, oh, signing, 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 signing. That's all it was. It's not all down to that. There is other mitigating factors throughout this season. Injuries were an absolute... Like, I can't get over the amount of injuries we've had this season. And it is something that I've hoped is being looked at are we with a wee bit more focus on it because there has to be something a little bit more to it than just bad luck because there's so many muscle in it. I, I think it was. I sorry, Sean, just to cut across, but that's one thing I've noticed towards the latter part of the season is that we haven't had as many injuries. Yeah, no, we haven't, Donald, in fairness, but we're still getting a couple here, there, and everywhere. No, you want to get that that'll, anyway. that'll happen in football anyway, so it will. But it's just what we, we seem to have a group all at the one time just fall out. And where John got it wrong, and I think he even mentioned it in the podcast when he was on with us. He continued with his style of play, even though he didn't have the players in, in place to play that. Like Niall Morton and, and Danny Lafferty in at centre half, and he still tried to play out from the back. That was naive. I was really, really naive. And it was it was borderline stupid, to be honest with you. Like, because you were never going to get away with it. You couldn't do that. Not in this league. You, you will get punished. And we did. Because we had a soft centre at times. And as I pointed out earlier, it says it off here, when things were going bad for this team, they didn't have the mental toughness to turn it around. In-game, yes, the odd time we did, but when we went on a bad run of results, you could see them going out on the... Even going out at the start of games, you couldn't even get enthused about them because they looked defeated going out onto the pitch. But that's where you need to change your tactics. You could see Kind of play the percentages, maybe, and and look to to get... And that's kind of what we did towards yeah. the end of the season, Jerry. And like you know, games were boring, but like you know, you're 
you're maybe grinding out a draw here and there, but like you're still looking at the same mistakes. Yeah. Well, I, I think Sean, though, in that middle part of the season, and just to go rewind a small bit, I think that's the point that Donald was getting at was that there was an awful lot of sign, er, injuries all at the one time, and it has yeah. to be more than a little bit of bad luck. Oh, no, absolutely, right. yeah. But when you're down numbers, sometimes you need to completely do, do different things. And that, and I, I'm agreeing with you, you can't keep doing the same thing. Sometimes yeah. you need to knock it long, push up There's, the pitch and hold them in and play percentages. And that was the naivety. Play for territory. Yeah, that was the naivety you know, of John there yeah. in, that, in that sense. Because when we got those, when he had to go to that back line of, what was it, Branifak, Morahan, Lafferty and Hutchison. When, when he had to go to that back line, we should have been knocking the balls and playing into the that's channels. Yeah, and literally, Matter was still in the team at that time and just bouncing stuff off. Yeah. But we didn't. No. We st- he stuck to a f- philosophy that he should never have stuck to. Mm. And that's, what, that's and you know what I mean? That lumped a lot of pressure on him there and then. The players, and the results went against us. The, play- the rest of the players, though, that were signed were signed to play that mm. system. And that was the problem. Oh no, absolutely. We the wear, of course. No variation in in like there's not one bit of pace anywhere in that team. Not one bit. So you can't you can't knock it in behind fellas, and you can't play the channels and stuff because we don't have anybody to do it. Like so, it was all centered around uh, possession based football. Yeah, little triangles in the middle yeah. of the pitch and trying to work openings in tight areas and stuff like that. And and it just like once a couple of injuries and as you said, then Sean, when we started having to put. Uh, round pegs and square holes and stuff like that. that. Like it was, it was, it wasn't a perfect game plan to start with, and then it just completely fell down. It because it, it, we couldn't, we couldn't get anything going moving forward. We were conceding every game, which was as you said, you said a minute ago, they're coming out in the pitch looking defeated. You would be looking defeated if you knew for a fact you were one goal down at some stage in the game. Yeah. So that I think was naive. Like managers living by by their by their. By their signings, and that's where I think it, it fell down. Like we can be unlucky with lads like Bob and every that, but I think we didn't sign enough variation either. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that is true too. But I, I think where we lacked our signings was in midfield. I don't think we made the right calls there, so I don't because no. even in the number six position, like I know Greg was there as well, but like for the the way John wanted to play, like Browning was going to be his number six. But like obviously Browning didn't take to the league. I think you need to have a bit more of a plan in place there as well. That you know, but that restricted us too. In that obviously the plan was to play with one number six. But what transpired was we ended up with playing with two number six. Yeah. Which, so, you know, that's not part. That wasn't part of the plan either. So. No, no, like. But then we probably signed too many similar type players. Yeah, and we were in the end we were left with too many number tens nearly. Yeah. yeah. So it's. Look, I suppose that that's the learning curve, but we pay a huge price in this league. And look, at the end of the day, we have to be real, very realistic about all this. We're blessed we didn't go down, you know, and like we uh, we came very, very close to going down, and we weren't doing ourselves any favors at, at of some points there. Like we were, we were just lucky that Cork were were just that little bit worse than us. Otherwise, we we'd be looking at this playoff. Because even the fact that Drahada got ahead of us like that, that shouldn't happen. Like Drahada are a good side, but on paper we're a better side. Again, I mean, like that's I, I get what you're saying, Sean. I know people are talking about the, the cup run there as well, right? But uh, I, I, you know, getting knocked out in the first round of the cup. 
But another massive part of the season, and it's been one thing that I've been harping on about all season. I know Magoo said it there about uh, about the, the games on the two away matches and two bank holiday weekends in a row. It's the of, of officiating in the league. <laughs> I'm telling you now, like, there was, I forget what game was it there. The, it might have been the Dundalk game. I think we got six yellow cards uh, versus one yellow card in, in the, against Dundalk, right? And I think they got twice as many free kicks to the program as, uh, as what we got, right? Now, one thing, as we've all seen this season, is that is not a dirt slagger oversight. So how are they getting six times as many, uh, how are we getting six times as many yellow cards in the game than, than they are? Are we hardly able to put a lay glove on? We're not a dirty side. We're a very fucking shit side on the pitch. We make it's stupid fouls. We 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 do stupid dragbacks when we get caught out of position and when we lose the ball in stupid places and players are just caught silly. That's where we give away silly fouls. We're not a dirty side. We're just a very naive side well, of things. I saw this. It's one thing. It's it's one thing that I just I I, I know I harp on about it all the time. But if you look back to the whole the the the, the whole season, right? I can I can name umpteen times where we've been shafted by officials in the league, umpteen times. And there's no but two every reason. club does that though. No, Sean, I'm telling we're, you, we're, no. we're shafted. We're shafted every year, though, Donald. It's not, like it's not. It doesn't make a difference. It's not. Yeah, so I like, but Magoo, right? That's all fine. But what what can we do about it? Because I tell you, something needs to be done about. It's all fine and well, fellas, jumping up and down and giving out about fucking John Russell. But when I and I the, the when a penalty kick that should have been free out is given against us, the Brandywell, right? Which is the difference of us uh, getting a point, leaving the and and maybe breaking a bad run of form, or or uh, Derry getting three points in injury time. A penalty kick for for for, for an instant that should have been free out. Or Danny Lafferty fucking getting molested in the in the fucking draw the box, and he gets a penalty kick against him. If I'm telling you now, if if your man the draw the defender done to Danny Lafferty in a nightclub, what he done on a football pitch, he'd be fucking arrested. It's the truth, and yet we're the ones that get fucking the red card and a penalty kick against him against against us for it. What fucking nightclubs you be in? Hey, <laughs> you come here. You seen what he was at the John Caulfield behind the fence? I saw his right. Poor old, poor old Caulfield. Didn't know what was going on. A lot of things conspired against us this season, and I think the officials were really, really, really rank rotten towards us. I, I'd agree with I'd agree with you, Donald, but I'd also agree with Magoo. We get ridden rock solid every season since day day zero, day one, whatever. Yeah, and it'd be great if things could change. Right, lads. Uh, next category is Women's Player of the Year. Donald, uh, going through some of the tweets. Uh, Emma Dorothy, Casey Howe, both getting five votes. So they, uh, they're the joint winners of this award. Um, I suppose the women's season on the whole was, uh, I suppose despite the the league position, there was plenty of positives to take from it. It was running again. The the women's team were unfortunate in the first home game. Um, in that they dropped three points to Shams and kind of conspired against them too for a lot for, for a lot of the season. But having said that, they showed great character. They came back, they had a couple of big results, and they went on a great cup run. Uh, which kind of I suppose showed the appetite that there is locally for the women's team when they are performing well and they are going well, and also the the potential that's there. And like I know on the night they they were they were best by a long time, but. 
better well by it alone, but having said that, like, for to sign in, a new manager, uh, Steve Feeney's obviously done a great job to, to lay the foundation there for the women's team, and uh, there's a lot to look forward to. I just thought myself, Emma Hansbury was a worthy mention for player of the season as well. She she, she really played a captain's role. She kept things together there for for the for the women while the, the chips were down and to finish the season strong. So I think Emma's a good shout there. But yeah, the two girls have, have performed really really well this season too. And Magoo, can we touch on the point of Steve leaving at the end of the season um, and Tommy Hewitt coming in? You know, I suppose it's sad to see Steve go. I know he put in a lot of hard work, um, but certainly Tommy is someone with plenty of pedigree in this in this league. Yeah, um, um, yeah, sad to see Steve go. See, look, he's first and foremost, uh, he's a great lad, like lovely fella. Um, as you say, he put he put everything into the job. It's it's a full time job, like that he's he was trying that he's doing part time, like so you know just caught up with him at the end. I suppose he's a young family and stuff, so um, it just he just probably needed a break and stuff. But um, like Tommy, I don't know much about Tommy coming in, but um, he has good pedigree, as you say, on from that loan, and I think it really worked. I think he's an ex army man and stuff, so I'm sure he'll put him through their paces, and there'll be um. Don't be lacking for work and and fights and stuff like that. Not that they ever were like, but he'll just you know he'll he'll build on what Steve has already done there, and hopefully and and you know carry on next season. Like you have to remember, like the the, the team that team itself is in its infancy. Like it's only just only a second year. Like so to get to a cup semi final in your second year and stuff, um, there's there's plenty to be built on built on there. Like so, um, hopefully he can carry on what Steve the work to Steve has started. Steve will always be the first man to ever manage the the women's senior. It's like Rovers senior women, so you know, no matter what he does, he, he knows of that. And we'll move on now, lads, to men's care of the year. Um, Jerry looking through the category, um, you know, kind of who would win that. Um, but the main consensus is Niall Morhan. Uh, we've seen it from people that listen to us for putting in, so I think it's he got over 50% of the votes. Um, I suppose in a season where we talked about it already, like not much, you know, stand out, but certainly um Niall had a a pretty consistent season in a in an inconsistent season, really. Yeah. Um yeah, and he played Jesus several different positions, even as we alluded to earlier on, you know, centre back. Um, and he's done a really, really good job there. I suppose look, yeah, definitely one of our most consistent performers. Um scored a uh, really, really good goal against Shells as well. I think it's probably just looking back on the uh, the vote as well. It's been nominated quite a few times for goal of the season. So, um, I think there won't be many clubs sniffing around our players, but Niall Moran is definitely one that there are clubs sniffing around. And I know he's been offered a contract, hasn't signed it yet. So hopefully he will put pen to paper, um, because you know. He's one of our better players and, and consistently he knows what the league is all about. And, you know, the likes of goal will be looking for players like him who have a uh, Premier Division experience. So hopefully he'll he'll stick with us and, uh, you know, we can get players in and around him and, uh, you know, kind of continue that bit of consistency throughout. There won't be a lot of players coming from last, last season into next season. So hopefully he's one of them. I would have, I would have given it tonight anyway. Like I thought he was very good. Um I thought like Will I thought was would have been on the road to to being close for player of the year only for his injury and that. But 
I think even if it was close, Nye would have got it anyway for not bending over like most of the rest of them bitches before the game on a Friday night. So for that alone, he deserves player of the year. He can share it with John and Cauley and the boys. The rest of them can fuck off. You're not a fan of you're not a fan of Bulger getting player of the year so long ago. <laughs> Actually, no, I thought like Greg, as usual, like where he's might you know, you look at him and think he wasn't the best player, but he's probably the most important player. Like anytime he went off, he fell apart. Yeah. Usual crack. You couldn't take him off the pitch or the rest of them would go to pieces, but when you're up there leading shams, like then that's you don't you don't get any votes for that. Yeah, but I think as well. I, I think I think you're right there. And, and look, he was good throughout the season, but he, like he was, you know, this kind of self-nominated uh, lead cheerleader on Friday night, like running over to shake um, Finn's hand in the middle of a game. I don't know. That yeah. doesn't, that doesn't sit well with me. In fairness, like concentrating your own game, you can shake his hand after the game. Never about the, tone, the tone, the tone is set before the game anyway. If you're standing up clapping like that, that's you. Yeah. You you can't compete in a game if you've already fucking bent over before it starts. Yeah, but whatever, whatever about that though, lads, right? And I, I'll say this about Bulger: that that game where Nile Morhen had the goal nominated for goal of the season, right uh, against Shelburne. But we are we're giving we're, we're giving credit. We're yeah, well, I just all I'm saying, all I'm, I I and I I just finished my point. He got his his hip was fucked and he stayed on the pitch. For as long as he possibly could, like do you know what I mean? Literally, he was like a like a walk man wounded, and like I know whatever about Friday night, but he, he gave everything and he, he led by example. And I just think like he certainly he did himself no he, he didn't do himself any injustice this season in my eyes. Anyway, I thought he really led like like a captain when he was on the pitch. And from Friday night, he played he played through injury, and you can't ask you can't ask. Much more for filling that. You can't. Maybe not shaking the opposition's players. Yeah, well, if that's fair enough, Jerry. Just say for that. Yeah, uh, other than that, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, I agree. Like, I agree. I agree with you too, Don. Like, and there, there, there's been certain members of the team who, you know, have said they were injured times this year, and they weren't injured, and then went off yeah. on international duty and stuff like that. And like credit where credit, like I've loved Greg since he's been here. He's been yeah. probably my favorite player. I've loved him. And uh, I look, it wasn't him on Friday night. Do you know what I mean? There's there was only there was only like three or four I think that 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 didn't uh, refuse to clap like so he's not in it alone. Yeah. But like look, we're slightly over support. Like they're like, leader. Like we're we're saying that he had a good season, and I would be happy if he resigned. The life. I think he's a great player. I think he's a great role model. I think he's a great leader. But on Friday night, we're slightly over supporters. We don't want to see stuff like that. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's that doesn't sit well with me. Sorry, not, not to screen with you, but I, I, I just, I don't think like if you look at if you look over, I'm just in in the context of the full season. That's but, we, but I'm saying, I'm saying he's a leader. He's he puts his body on the line. He, I'd sign him next season, no problem. But Friday night, just I didn't like that. I didn't like the whole thing. I don't like. I don't understand Gareth Bale or anybody. Like I think, I think they're they're. They're just like demeaning, belittling. And... Yeah, but they're part of the game now, so. But you don't have to do it, though. You're not. You're not ordered to do it, so it's not well, according to Stephen Bradley. Here. Well, when we win the league, lads, next year they'll have to give us. If we if we win the league, do you think that they'll give us one? Like they didn't in 2012. But if we were to win it next year, literally the year after, do you think they'd give us one? No. No. Like I have more respect for the Shams team in 2012 that didn't give us one. Than I ah, do for I, other fellas that are nice. I was, like, yeah, I was lousy. 
Yeah, for sure. What, what, like, what do you mean, Ramsey? It was last week. I wouldn't do it neither. I wouldn't do it neither. If I was, if I was in the guard of so if you were in the guard of you, you do the guard of honor and you clap and all that kind of stuff before you go and play in the game of football again. I probably you're supposed to be going to war against these fellas. Why would you go clapping them? I'm why not going to so? clap. I'd stand there. But exactly, you're not going clapping them. So why? I don't understand why. Like there's, I wouldn't do it. I think they're dead right not to fucking do. It. We should have done it. Well, well, not they wouldn't. I guarantee you they wouldn't get their nineteens to do it. Or they wouldn't have asked their fucking women's team to come out and give them a guard of honor. Oh, we couldn't be we couldn't be uh, embarrassing them to be in them like that. But we got a little bit of recycled to do it for us. I think. Look, I think we'll draw a line under the sand there, or under it, and move on because we could get just bogged down talking like that. Don't cut any of that out. <laughs> <laughs> now the final award for our unofficial awards this season. It is the goal of the season. Here are the nominees. Fitzgerald corner. Nugent clears it only as far as Browning. Yeah, get in. Browning pulls one back for Slider Rovers. Get in. Dead. Oh, wow. yes. Not more than they deserved as well since they've done it. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And the noise in the showgrounds, the place has absolutely erupted. Lucas Browning with the goal for Sligo Rovers. Incredible finish to this game at the showgrounds. What a strike. He's caught that. Brandenburg moves on forward to Fabrice. Lovely little spin from Fabrice Hartman. Tries to do it again, does well to stay on his feet. Bulger and Fabrice Hartman just tapping it around there. Stefan Radosayevich now with a touch, waiting for Brandenburg to make a run from him. He does it still with Radosayevich. Greg Bulger now again, Hartman now in the middle of the St. Patrick's athletic half, Reese Hutchinson here on the left, comes back inside, gets it onto his left foot, slips in Will Fitzgerald here, who's squared across the box, and Foster Hutchinson gets the strike away, and he's done it! Reese Hutchinson with the goal for Sligo Rovers, his first goal in the bitter red, the man on loan from Cheltenham Town, lovely little one-two there with Will Fitzgerald, and he was on hand, the side-footed into the bottom left corner, really well worth goal from Sligo Rovers, and fantastic as well, Declan, that they've been able to take the lead despite going down to 10 men. Yeah, less than a brilliant goal down the left-hand side. And it was all about the left-hand side of the pitch when Reese Hodgson was on the ball, played it out to Wolf Fischer, played it back to him, and then obviously Reese came forward and drove into the space, committed the defenders to come out, and just as that, he popped it off to the left-hand side, and there was Wolf Fischer, got to the byline and pulled the back straight back to Reese Hutchinson. He put it in, not a brilliant connection, but he got enough in it to put it in the low into the near post. Yeah, he's a few tricks. On loan from Leipzig, actually. Fabrice Hartman. This looks a bit more promising now for Sligo. The best attack of the night, perhaps. And the goal! Oh, it's a great goal. Great ball! And it's Mata again. Hat-trick against UCD. Late, late equaliser against Cork City, and he stole away at the back post. I said it looked promising, and that's how it unfolded. 25 in, the visitors take the lead. Here comes Abby Brophy again, looking just enough that ball around the back. Oh, long range effort here. There's a goal. What an absolute peach from Sligo Rovers. They're right back in this game. All of a sudden, less than five minutes gone in the second half, and we have a one all game. Got a savage. Granite Fox. cross. Linus is beaten by Mata, who now told his ninth of the season, and Sligo Rovers lead. A really good cross. 
a typical matter finish and Sligo Rovers who have been second best so far in the second half take the lead Brandon Felix pulling to the box looking for a head maybe chance but it's only as far as Niall Morahan looks to sends it back in chance that's into the back of there for Sligo Rovers what a finish there from Niall Morahan brilliant goal from Niall Morahan and Sligo Rovers have equalised here to Afalabi Dade gives it straight to Greg Bulger. Now Morahan, nice football from Sligo Rovers. Max Mata. Fitzgerald stays up despite that challenge from Flores. It's Stefan Radosayevic. Oh, yeah. what a goal! What a goal! What a move as well down the right hand side, left hand side. What a strike. What a wonderful strike. Really, really good, and it just depth. Pineacker finds Fabrice Hartman, lovely touch from the winger to kill it and send Caelan Barlow on his way down the right hand side. Reverse ball finds Fabrice Hartman steaming into the box, and he gets it back on his left foot, gets the strike away, rolls it into the back of the net. What a, goal. what a move from Sligo Rovers. Fabrice Hartman's second goal of the season, his second goal here in the showgrounds. Another assist for Caelan Barlow, that's two for him tonight alone. Sligo Rovers 2, UCD 0. There are your nominees for the 2023 Bors Podcast Unofficial Awards for this season. Plenty of great goals in that list from the likes of Sarah Kiernan, Max Mata and of course Stefan's great strike against Bose. But there has to be one winner and the one winner we have for you this season is Niall Morahan. He wins his second award of the night. He will take home the prize for goal of the season for his strike. A strike that many people probably didn't think he would take on, but he ended up getting taken it, and he has won our unofficial goal of the season award for his strike against Shelburne in the one-one draw in June. That was some goal in Talker Park that night. Oh, it was a fantastic strike. So it was one that you never see Niall pull out of his locker ever. And um, delighted for him. I think that's his. Is that his only goal from Slayer Rovers? No, he scored against Finn Harps uh, last season. I think. Did he? Yeah. Three or four goals, I think, oh. yeah, in total. Does he? Don't remember too many of them. He's but, um, but no, I was delighted for him. It was, a, it was a brilliant strike that night. My God. Jesus, the way he caught that ball is beautiful. But uh, at a time when we badly needed it as well, that was an important result that night too. So, you know, Niall has, as I've already said earlier on, you know, Niall's come up trumps for us this season across many positions. So, fair play to him. But I, I agree with Sean Ronan as well. That goal researching scored the, the game where we bet past two one at home at the start of the season. That was one of the best goals that you'll ever see in the showgrounds. An absolutely fantastic pass move. And uh, I suppose that was one of those moments kind of really got us all excited for the season ahead. Um so that's definitely it was it was a standout moment for me in the season two. It's all of, it's so long ago now actually that you nearly kinda of forget about it. it. Even feels like a season before before last, but Final part of this week's show, lads, um, will now, I suppose, in the last few hours, um, Sligo Rovers confirmed that John Russell will, quote, lead the club into the 2024 season. Um, the statement from the management committee says it has been a challenging and difficult season for all supporters and the wider club. They, uh, we have faith in John to move the club forward. Our priority is to build a squad for the new season and have a much improved year in 2024. Um, John himself is quoted as saying that he would like to thank the management committee for their trust despite a very challenging season. 
Um, he says that he knows the areas where we need to improve and he has been very active in the background over the past few weeks in terms of recruitment staff and structures around the first team. He also says that he's determined to bring success to the club and learned a lot throughout the more tough moments and believe this will stand to him and the team going into next season. And he knows that supporters have suffered this season and he understands their frustration and that it's vital that we reset and rebuild a team that will give everything on the pitch and represent this club. Um, as well as that, we saw that there was nine players have departed the club following the conclusion of the season. They are Lucas Browning, Johan Branafalk, Frank Levac, Gary Boylan, Mark Byrne, Gary Buckley, Danny Lafferty, Pedro Martello and Robbie Burton. Lads, we'll start off with a statement. Um, initial reaction maybe, Sean, to, to the statement coming out and John taking the reins for, for next season. Yeah, well, it's, personally, it's not a shock to me. Uh, I kind of figured it'd stick with John. Um, you know, everyone was expecting this big mad pylon, you know, when it came, and there was obviously going to be an awful lot of disappointment because people feel that John hasn't deserved the chance for another crack at the job. And to be perfectly honest with you, John hasn't done anything to justify getting another crack at a whip, so to speak. Um, but look, people are saying that, you know, it's a safe option by the club. I think it's the total opposite. I think it's a very brave decision by the club to continue with John. I think the safe option was to get rid of John and play to the crowd. And, you know, obviously it hasn't worked out last season. We all know that. It hasn't. But to say that it's a safe option and keeping him is wrong, in my opinion. It's a very, very brave decision by the by the committee because ultimately they're going to live and die by this decision. People will be in their right to turn around if this doesn't work out with John and say well listen you're the custodians of this club you run the club on our behalf you know and you feel you haven't done the right job if it goes wrong with John you know they may have to step aside it may come to a point they're putting their own heads on the line by making this decision so it's it's probably one of the biggest decisions in the club's recent history Um, going on the fact that next year we are on a reduced budget John is going to you know have to be super clever in the market something that obviously we've already talked about earlier in the pod that you know people haven't been impressed by so far but look John has a massive massive job ahead of him personally and look I'm hoping I'm a Sligo Rovers fan we're all diehards everyone is you know you want it to work and I think everyone wants it to work for John that little bit more because of how good of a player he was for us as well and his heart and head is in the right place. You know, he wants to do well for this club. It's He's not banging out cliches like, this isn't just shy talk for him. This is personal for him to do well for Sligo Rovers. But, look, we're going to have to see where we are next year. The, the big thing about this is, I don't think I've ever experienced that where pre-season is going to be pressurised. John's going to going to quit the preseason where even if we lose a preseason game, people are going to turn around and say, "Oh, look, it's the same old story." I don't think you've ever had that before for a manager at any club, really. You know, you're not going to get that that too often where he's going to be under pressure going out playing Castlebar Celtic in a friendly, which is it's a bit mad to think of, but it's you know it, it it's going to be true. It's going to be that way because you know people are they're going to be skeptical of the whole situation. Um. Look, as I say, I 
personally, hearing the names that were mentioned with the job, I don't know, is everyone ever approached or anything like that? I don't know, but you hear the names that were mentioned, and to be honest, they wouldn't fill me with massive confidence. I think we'd be right back in the shit within a couple of months anyway, if not worse off. And, you know, people are saying, you know, we should be going across to England and all that for managers. If you look across the league in the last maybe five years where people have replaced the manager, they've replaced them with the assistant manager or a young up-and-coming coach within the League of Ireland. There's been no names coming across from England as such. Like, even, you know, the biggest name within the league to come in is Duff. But Duff was, was technically an underage coach at Champs before getting the, the job at Shells. He's just a big player's name, but not in terms of management. You know, look at Pats, the sack Clancy, they, they point daily. We're the same with Buckley goes. It's Russell that comes in. Colin Healy took the reins of Cork, you know, and now it's, um, I forget the last, it's not Holland. Corker. Is, who is he? Holland, Richie Holland. Yeah, Richie Holland has come in now instead of Buckley. So it's across the board. Finn Harpster, after doing the same down in the first division, I know we're worlds apart from that, but it's just a, off the top of my head. Um, so really and truly to say, you know, who else could we have got? It's finances do dictate an awful lot of stuff like this and you've got to look at the bigger picture and maybe appointing a Tim Clancy or something like that. I don't think that's progression either. So I don't. So I think look, John has actually done an awful lot of good stuff off the pitch as well. The club is I know people find might find it hard to believe, but it's it's in a far better state professionally in terms of the way the team operates and how they're looked after um than it's ever been. The detail, the work that's put in off the pitch is it's phenomenal. And, you know, people might say, oh, where's the proof? Yeah, the proof isn't in the pudding on the pitch. And I'd agree to that 100%. There hasn't been, you know, we obviously haven't seen enough good results. But we did see the signs at the start of the season. And, you know, I suppose we're going to go back to the injuries and stuff like that, you know, that they all played a factor. And losing Max Mata and McNicholas, I don't think those situations helped. And I do think, actually, where the committee have stayed loyal to John in this regard, I think they let him down a bit when Max went. And Luke, I don't think he was backed enough in that uh, at that period. I think, you know, you let Max Matter go in Europe and all you can get in is Pedro Marteo because of the budget restrictions. That, to me, is a bit of a slap in the face, if I'm being honest, and that's what we're here to be. But uh, all in all, look... I. Maybe I'm living in more hope than reality, but I'm going to back him 100%. And I've backed every manager that's ever managed this club, and I'll do the same again. And look, I really do think John can turn this around next year. I really do. Go on, Jerry, yeah? No, just um, I, I'd agree that, look, the popular, it's easy to make popular decisions. Um, and the popular decision uh, will be to sack John Russell. Um, it's harder to make kind of unpopular decisions or tough decisions. And um, look, the board will live and die by that decision. Um, the names that, like, Tim Clancy would have been red hot favour to come in to replace John Austin, let's be honest. And this crack of getting player or uh, managers in from England, it's happening less and less and less. You look at Paul Cookie's manager, manager in the National League now, um, going down to the seventh tier in, in English football. There's plenty of money to wash over there it's a lot more difficult to get guys to come over and coach teams in Ireland now anymore. But anyways, we are where we are. John Russell is going to be the manager for next season. Like that too. I don't give two fiddlers 
box if Saddam Hussein is the manager of Sligo Rovers, I'd support Sligo Rovers regardless of who, who the manager is. Um, look, and I think as well, in fairness, look, supporters have the right to be pissed off um, and they have the right to be annoyed because they're passionate about the football club. You know, it's their football club and they're passionate about it. And I'd be more annoyed, more upset if people weren't annoyed and upset, if you know what I mean. It's good that, that it's, it's healthy that people are annoyed. Um, you know, you could live somewhere else where you don't give a damn. It's 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 a little bit like Dundalk as well, where you know you're kind of living in 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 a bit of a goldfish bowl when it comes to football. Uh, you know, there's no escaping from it. Everybody wants to talk about it. I think you see there O'Donnell during the week talking about um, you know, false truths and hearsay and all that, and it's. You know, it doesn't help anybody, and it's very much the same here in Sligo, uh, very similar. So, but both towns are fucking passionate about the football clubs, and obviously it goes beyond Sligo Town as well. You know, it's you know, you know, north, south, west of the county. You know, we I'm always amazed by the amount of people that travel from North Mayo and and Leitrim to away games. It's it's great. There's as many there from those places that, than there is from Sligo. So. And we need that as well. Um, we need that. We're, like, we're a small football club. Um, I think sometimes we kind of forget that. And I think one thing that's probably exacerbated, one thing that's kind of exacerbated the whole situation is that everybody gets to see the games now on LOI TV or more more to the point, dodgy streams. So regardless if they're attending the showgrounds or not, everybody gets to see the games. And it gives everybody, I suppose... A platform for an opinion, which again, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent, but I think the way that the world is these days, and particularly the football world, and everybody will say this is that you lose two, three, four games straight away, it's sack, 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 sack. I, I think that's kind of when you watch football on TV or whatever, you kind of get detached from reality, and it becomes more kind of like a, a football show or something like that. But I think it is a, a big gamble uh, letting John or getting John to con- continue on. But, you know, I don't... Hopefully it works out for everybody's sake. Um, and I know there's a few people out there that was, that were absolutely disappointed. I told you, but, you know, they'll have to probably wait a little longer maybe. And hopefully that, that isn't the case. And, Look, all I would say is, you know, it's our football club. They understand why people are annoyed. I'm annoyed. I'm ranting and raving here all evening. Um, bad form the last fucking nine months. But look, it's our football club. And, you know, let's just keep the faith and go again. And, and I, I think, I honestly do think that he can turn it around. I know people are, again, effing and blinding us out of it by saying things like that. And, doesn't sit well with some people, but that's just the way I feel. Yeah, I just agree with the two of you you're saying. I do think it's incredibly, incredibly brave by the board uh, to, to to back John. But like Sean was saying there, like they have pulled drug from underneath him a couple of times this season, and especially with with Max Leighton. Um, so maybe they feel like they owe him one, and clearly. Like people say, oh, he, all he can do is give it, he must give it a serious interview, right? But clearly, like, we're not privy to what's happening behind closed doors. We're not privy to the conversations or all the things that are happening at the club 
that you know that we don't see every day or that aren't always on social media or behind uh, the, the opposite side of it ends. So clearly, John has given them something to you know, stake their reputation and their legacy to the club uh, on him being a success. So all you can do is is back them. Like Sean, you said, it's they're the guardians, they're the 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 caretakers of the club. Custodians is the word actually you think you used, and that's I mean that's that's a great word, and that's I can I can tell you from the little I know about the custodians of the club, they take their job and their role in the club very very seriously, and if they didn't have faith in John Russell to get us out of the situation that we're in, John Russell would not be the manager of the Rovers this evening. He would not be the manager of the Rovers. So. You know, sometimes you have to take take a leap of faith and uh, just believe in something, even though you mightn't agree with it. Um, you're just going to have to roll along because unless you want to become one of the custodians of the club, and you, if you want to, like what Jerry was saying earlier on, if you want to put your name down, put your name forward to become a member of the committee, I'm sure there's more than enough people up there that are, are helping up the showgrounds that would be are, of a of an age that they'd actually like to take a bit of a step back and and um, encourage new blood into into the into the committee or whoever's on the club. But until such the, until until such times, the people that are making all the noise are willing to do that. They're just going to have to live with the decision the decisions that are being made, and the people that are making the decisions will always have the best interest of the club at heart. So that's that's it. I do believe myself that you can turn things around. I, there's been flashes this season of some fantastic football. We've been really, really ridiculously unlucky with different things that have conspired against us, be it injuries, be it refereeing decisions, be it uh, the match, the, 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 what you call it, the, the times the matches have been put on. Anything that could have gone against the Groves this season has gone against them. Anything and everything. So like for us to come through the season that we've come through, um, and I suppose to be out the other side and as the boys were saying they're looking forward to something for next season I think that in itself says an awful lot about the club and the state we're in like it's not that bad it's not we can't just round so just get behind John get behind the team whoever he brings in because it's so crucially important that the fans really just regardless of anything else that they give him a fair crack at the whip and 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 give him a shot because it's not an easy job sitting in that uh, dugout and and things not going away. But he's faced it up. He's 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 stood up to the criticism. He's do you know what I mean? He's he's took it all on board. He's the first fan over after every game, regardless of how good or bad performance it is. He listens to what the, what, what the fans are saying. Um, he wants to put things right, and I think he has the ability to do it. So I just hope everybody gets behind him and gives him a fair shot at it. Because next season is going to be absolutely crucial for us. And lads, we can finally touch on is the uh, the player departures. Um, there was nine players was uh, well, nine confirmed departures today. Um, I suppose one player. Dublin Airport was busy. Is <laughs> exactly. Um, one player in particular <laughs> that, as he was judging on social media, um, commentary around the departure of Gary Buckley, and I suppose Sean, you know, he had the. The horrible injury last year, but um, you know he came. I suppose came to to Rovers as a as a midfielder and turned into a centre half, and certainly earned plenty of plaudits during his time here as well. 
Yeah, Gary's probably one of the most cultured centre halves I've ever seen in the showgrounds. Um, on his day, he was absolutely joyful to watch. To be honest, which is, um, you know, there was nothing agricultural about the way Gary defended. Everything was done with elegance and grace, and his ability on the ball was just second to none. Like, I don't think anyone could have. Imagine just how good he was going to be that night. He stepped back in against against Shams uh, at home here in the showgrounds. It was his first. He, I think there was a lot of injuries that night as well, and he had to step back in at centre half that night. And then COVID kicked in, and he he actually came back in at centre half still, and the rest is history, as they say. But you know he has been a revelation in there. Himself and John Mann, the reason we qualify for Europe as centre halves so just a phenomenal parent. And then unfortunately, he does get that injury away at Viking. And look, unfortunately, we didn't get to see the best of Gary now towards the end of the season because obviously he's only coming back from injury. He's still going to be rusty and finding his form. But I think, you know, it needs to be known as well that Gary isn't leaving the club on bad terms whatsoever. It's it's a really decision that he's making the best decision for his family. So he is going forward. So, you know, he'll wish the club well and I'm sure the club will wish Gary well as well. But he's the biggest loss out of all of them. The rest on that list, I'd have no issue with it anyway. So I wouldn't leave in the club. I think we can we can move on from them and you know, we can upgrade on everything else that's gone, unfortunately. Yeah, the day that goes Sean there, what you're saying about Gary Buckley too, I, I thought like um look it's just a real pleasure to watch him play football. He's just such a natural, natural talent. Um and a, a lovely fella as well. Uh, the did chat to him. An absolutely lovely fella. Uh, so I wish him the best luck in 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 his career. And um, sorry to see him go. But then again, I suppose look at that's life and that's the nature. But then these footballers, it's 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 a very short. It's a very short career, and you know, like they have to do what's right for them and the, the short time that they have playing football. So look, best luck to Gary. The great servant was while he was here. And um, no good luck for the future for him. I thought you on Brandflick, uh, Brandflick as well was another one that we might have held on to again. He was another lad that left everything on the pitch, and um, you know, he, he could see at the end of games when we weren't winning, things weren't going our way. It, it, it really, it really hurt him, it really affected him. And uh, I wish him good luck. I thought there was, I thought there was a chance for him to stay as well because uh, uh he certainly he offered something different. But anyway, I suppose the rest of them, as you said, Sean, there's not much really to be said. Didn't get a lot of game time. And, you know, we didn't see enough of them really to, to kind of grow any attachment to them. But yeah. 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 Look, I suppose I better come in here as well. So, yeah, best of luck to Gary. Sound lad. Uh, great footballer. Uh, I hope he does well wherever he goes. But I hope the team he plays for does shite. <laughs> Branaflack, yeah, very good. Frank was very good the first season. Gary Boylan, look, in fairness, Gary now never even kicked the ball for us. But oh. in my opinion, he was player of the year for Ben Harps the previous year. Same with Mark Byrne, never kicked the ball. Daniel Lafferty, I thought like he was a solid sign in fairness. Um when any time he was called upon he always done a good job. Um I suppose he was a little bit lucky in that. Our player, of the se- well, many people's player of the season was uh, Hutchison. So he didn't probably get as much game time. But 
I don't think you could say it was a bad signing in fairness. Then you have Pedro. Uh, look, I suppose it's difficult for Pedro. I don't have excuses for any player wearing that, but I suppose it was difficult for him and that he hadn't played a lot of football in the, probably the previous six to eight months. Comes into a team that's in mid-season and was, wasn't creating a lot. I think any time he did get on the ball, he held it up well. He brought players into into play. Um, probably didn't get into the box enough, really. But I still think he's better than what what he showed. Uh, Robbie Burton didn't turn up on his second return. Uh, that was that was disappointing. But again, same situation to Pedro. Um, and contrary to popular belief, the likes of Pedro and Robbie were on extremely small money. Um, you know this. So, I suppose we needed bodies, and they were there and was working and taking a chance at the time. Didn't work out, but yeah, look, there's none of them there that I'm delighted that they're gone or anything like that. In fairness, um, yeah. So, thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Ron. It's certainly been emotional. <laughs> Cheers, Sean. Cheers, Ron. Cheers, Donald. Say Nora, boys. And cheers, Magoo. Cheers, boys. It's been it's been, it's been great. I've, I've loved this season, every minute of it. Uh, before I go, though, Ron, I want to uh, um, just read out something. I think it's encapsulated everything that not only this season, but just being a Rovers fan is. Um, so I'm going to give the last word of the season to a woman called uh, Maura Hunt. Uh, Maura's married to an uncle of mine, Francis O'Connor, if any of you know her. Yeah. I know him. But um, Maura writes, before every game, Jerry tell you, she writes a, a poem about Rovers. Yeah. Like, and she puts it up on her Facebook. So if you haven't seen it, go, go onto her Facebook page. You'll see it's spelled, as Jerry said, it's spelled Marie, but it's Irish way of spelling Maura. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. But um, she uh, she writes a poem before every game anyway. So before the Shams game, she wrote her last one of the season, obviously. But I think it's, uh, I think it just encapsulated everything. So I'm going to read it out. So it's called uh, The Bitter Red Circle. So we've come full circle from where we began. And tomorrow night once more, we play the Shams. A season of memories, I dare say not. Have we seen progress, development? No, not a lot. But but we're still here supporting, answering the call, to shout for our team, to kick every ball. And the day after tomorrow, we can again start believing that next year will be better. We'll win something next season. On the fucking Rovers. Fuck the Rovers. Brilliant. We went two and up. And I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud. I went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. One, one. Brilliant. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Here comes Quigley, and it's there! It's Slugger 3, St. Patrick's Athletic 2, and that could be the decisive moment in the title race. We will never forget this day.